Oh my gosh, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. I'm excited to be here. Okay, well, I call myself a recovered corporate workaholic. I spent 15, 16 years in corporate just grinding it out, trying to climb the ladder of success, right? Whatever that was. Um, and the way I really judged it was by the numbers on my paycheck and the title on my business card. And so every time I'd get a promotion, it was like, okay, well, that, well, I got there, but now what's next? What's next? What's next? And there was always this drive and ambition to move forward, but... I turns out I didn't really enjoy much much of what I was doing, right? Like it wasn't actually fulfilling my soul. And so around 2019, I had a bit of a midlife crisis, worked through all of that, and in the process realized that I wanted to write my first book and author a memoir. And through that process, further realized, you know what? I think I want to help other women reinvent their life and become a life reinvention coach. And so that's what I have the pleasure of doing now, working with high achieving women who want more success on their terms and really want to enjoy life and have more balance. And so it's uh, one of the most rewarding jobs I have ever had in my life. And I absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions about reinventing your life and making changes is that it's overnight. Like it just, you make a decision, you suddenly have this magical epiphany where you know exactly what you want to do and you go do it. And for me, it was not like that. And for most of the clients that I work with, it is not like that. It truly is a journey. So I actually started writing this book, believe it or not, in 2009. Okay. Yeah, 10 years earlier, my husband tells me I should write a book and call it I Don't Know My Vagina. And I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, who would read that book? What would I write in this book? But I started really brainstorming and thinking of all these stories. I'm like, what about the first time I got that bikini wax? What about the time my virginity, you know, went horribly wrong that first time? And like, there were all these hilarious stories. And I thought, I, I think I really have a book. I got to share this. So I just started writing this while I was on maternity leave with my first son. But then life got in the way, you know, and then I would put the book on the side and then I'd pick it back up and write a couple chapters and put it away. And really in 2019, it was like the there was this moment of clarity where someone asked me, if you died tomorrow, what would you regret not doing? And at first I couldn't answer that question, right? That I know I see your face. You're like, oh my gosh, like that is such a powerful question. Yes, and I'm so glad that I got asked that question because it literally changed everything, the whole trajectory of my life. And in the process of really thinking about that, like what is the one thing I would regret? And I thought, you know what? I have started this book and like so many other things that I have said in my life I want to do, I didn't finish it. And I owe it to myself to see if I can actually write this book had no intention of publishing, wasn't sure that I was actually ever going to share it. Maybe it was just kind of like a pet project for me. And I invited a couple of people to read it and they were like, oh my gosh, they're like, you're going to be on Oprah. That has not happened yet. But I'm like, one day, one day. 
But I was like, wow, you really think it's that good? Like, okay, maybe I owe it to myself to continue to pursue this. And so, yes, I was working full time, made like a separate Instagram account, hoping that nobody from my work would find me and started building my platform while I was writing the book. And it took me about two years from saying, okay, I'm really going to commit to writing this book to actually publishing it. It was about two years before it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, it was my coach. I had a coach at the time who was helping me through all of this because I did. I got it all written and it sat there for about three months before I did anything with it because I had all the fears. What if no one wants to let their kids play with my kids? What if people think I'm some kind of like whore, like whatever, like, you know, what are people at church going to think? Like there were so, right? I mean, like there were so many concerns, some of them legit and some of them just, you know, my own fear and self-sabotage. And really it was through my coach and she would videotape our sessions and she would ask me questions about the book and what's my vision for it. And she would always tell me, go back and watch that. You started talking about that book and you lit up. You became a different person She's like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just here to help you figure out the right answers for yourself. And every time I would go back and watch it, I was like, crap, she's right. She's right. Like, I do have to share this. And I think there's so much taboo in the world with the word vagina, unfortunately. And it's like, we deserve our share of voice too. Like, we cannot be forced to stay in the dark anymore just to talk about things like urinary tract infections or, you know, bikini waxes and period underwear and all the things, right? Like, these are not things to be ashamed of. And so I just knew that if this story could help one person not feel alone, not feel ashamed of their body, then it was like, my work here is done. I can go home. Like, it's all good. It's worth it. Yeah, I, you know, luckily I really went like all in. I was like, if I'm going to commit to this, I just have to own it full out. And so I did. I mean, I went on, you know, dozens of podcasts, got my book into all the local Barnes and Nobles, took pictures with the book, threw it out on social, um, was really fortunate to partner up with an organization here in the U.S. called Alliance for Period Supplies. So a portion of the books gets donated to um, to Alliance for Period Supplies. There's a beautiful little ad in the back. So we're helping people who, uh, you know, have period poverty. They're suffering from period poverty, not able to afford tampons and things that are really expensive. And so it was through all of that that I was able to really go, no, this is a, I have a purpose. I am on a mission and there is a reason that I was give, given this story. There was a reason that writing a book was put on my heart and I have to just follow through with it and trust that this is all part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do have a lot of fire. And it's interesting because sometimes I think that comes off as more masculine, you know? So I have to really consciously sometimes tell myself to like dial it back down and really mirror the energy of my clients and the people that are coming to see me Um, because it's hard because I am fired up. I'm a firecracker. Like I have a ton of energy. I am so passionate about everything I do. And sometimes that comes on really strong. So I think there, there is a little bit of a balancing act there that I have to keep my essence, but then like dial it down a notch or two sometimes. Um, and I think with the book, there was this just level of vulnerability and credibility that, hey, she's not just She's walking the walk, right? She's not just reading textbooks and telling us stuff that she's regurgitated because she's learned it. She's actually lived it. This is her process, right? You know what I mean? Like it's so different. And I think that's helped a lot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I have so many clients. I have to remind them. I'm like, stop taking any more courses. You don't need more training. You have all the skills and all the things that you need to go and create this. Like your, my coach used to tell me this, Karen, your PhD is your life skills. Like that is like your life, sorry, your life skills is your PhD. Like that's, you don't need any more training. You don't need anything else. Like you have it all. And it's hard for us because We keep thinking somebody has the silver bullet. We keep thinking someone else knows the secret because I don't know about you, but every time I go through Instagram and I see another seven-figure coach telling me how she just made $560,000 for the month, I'm like, you know, you go, what am I doing wrong? Yes. Well, I think from what I have been doing is constantly going back to my why. Why did I leave corporate? Why did I ditch those golden handcuffs in the first place? And for me, it was because the money wasn't making me happy anymore. Like the money, I was making tons of money. I had no, I mean, honestly, like I wasn't like a Rockefeller or anything, right? But like, you know what I mean? Like, I could go out to dinner when I wanted to go out to dinner. I could buy a new car if I wanted to buy a new car. I could go get expensive clothes and shoes and all the things. But it wasn't fulfilling me. Oh. So soul-sucking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so much of it comes down to money mindset. You know, I have a money mindset guide, affirmations for ambitious women to really rewire your brain and how you're thinking about money. Because I know that originally I came from a very scarcity mindset. I used to wait tables and I was pursuing my acting career. So I had zero dollars after college. I mean, I used to go to the restaurant that I waited tables at and eat and pretend that I was interested in how they made the food so that I could just get a free meal. 
like it, I, it was taste plate. They would cook up all this stuff on the menu and I would just be like, I really want to understand for my customers like how you make this food. And then I would sit there in the back and scarf down the, the five nut brownie or the leftover veggie burger or whatever they were just going to throw out because I didn't have enough money to go get food. So I came from that and then got into a corporate job where I was making a ton of money and it was like, oh, but what if it goes away? I got to hoard it. I got to keep it. Uh, you know, so I made those years of corporate really challenging when I could have been using my resources to pay people to do things for me and to outsource some of my stress. And then to go into a cor leave corporate and go into entrepreneurship where suddenly that paycheck isn't guaranteed every week again, right? Like you, if you're valuing your worth on the numbers on your paycheck and all of a sudden it, your paycheck is zero <laughs> until that next client comes in, uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. And so it's a lot of that, like I said, mindset work and going back to your why. My why was I wanted to have freedom. I wanted flexibility. I wanted to be here for my family. And I had also used my means very well in corporate. I had saved a lot of money because I had that scarcity mindset. So I met with a financial planner and I was like, give me the real numbers. Like talk to me about where I'm really at. And it turns out I was doing really well. And so once I had those facts, it was like, I got to change my money story because the money story I'm telling myself isn't even real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it really was a slow build. I started out one-on-one -on -one coaching. I had been, again, trying to figure out what, what would I do if I left corporate? Like, what skills do I have? How, who could I help? What would that even look like? And I thought about teaching yoga for a while, and I took some yoga classes, and then I thought about uh, maybe health coaching. And through just talking to other women and female entrepreneurs, I kind of came up with this hybrid of like, life coaching, but really focusing on reinventing and doing what I did, right? Like walking out on the golden handcuffs and coming up with that corporate exit strategy plan. What does that look like? What are all the things you need to do to set yourself up for that pivot? Um, and in the process of doing all that, I took some consulting work for a while. So there was about a year and a half that I did consulting for another company. So it wasn't full-time, it was part-time. I could say yes, I could say no, but that really helped me build up my business bank account so that I could self-fund this whole idea of life coaching. And at some point I just said, look, I know I am making some decent money here consulting, but it's time for me to go out on my own. Like I, I really need to go all in on me and commit to this to see if I can make this work. And ever since I did that, it was like a switch went off. And now it's just been like, you know, this steady stream of clients, I'm not seven figures, I won't pretend to be, but I am making enough money that I need for my situation to allow me flexibility and freedom and the opportunity to help other women. It's so fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's the thing.
And I love that you're being open about that too. And thank you because I think so many women feel like if I make the leap out, I can never go back. And that's just simply not the case. You can go back and there's nothing wrong with going back. It's all about intention to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you're using this right now, I believe, as a means to an end. Like let me go get this cash flow for a little bit and then this is what I'm going to do with it. And when you get that money, you're going to be so much more intentional about how you use it, how you save it, what you do with it because you know you have that longer term plan. And that I think is cool. Yeah. Yes. Totally. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I knew I wanted to talk about it. I know that's so crazy. And I'm just flashing up for your viewers. The, the ins and outs of my vagina. It's like a nice big pink vagina and all the little curly cues around the edge. My designer was just brilliant. Um, you know, I got... I, I know it's going to sound a little woo, but I feel like it was just like a sign from the universe that was like, this is your story. Like you have to tell it. You have to share it. And there's so much comedy. It won a gold medal from Reader's Favorite in the humor comedy. Um, yeah, it's an international book fest. I mean, people from all over the world entered their books um, in, in 2022. And I got the text that my, you know, the award winners were out and I was like, I probably didn't get anything. I was like, I'll look later. I kept doing some work. I'm not kidding you. I go back and look, and there I am in gold. And I was like, I got a gold medal. I was like freaking out. I was like, I can't believe I didn't look. But it really is told, you know, it's a memoir. So it's my voice. And everyone who knows me is like, oh my gosh, I read that whole book. And I could just hear your voice in every single sentence. So um, it's very intimate. You know, I bring you right into the middle of me getting my period when I'm 12, for instance, and, um, you know, having that bikini wax uh, when I first moved to Florida as a, a postgraduate from college um, to struggling to orgasm, right? And just being like, what the hell is wrong with my body? Is everyone else having mind-blowing sex but me? Because this is, I mean, I could take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> And to having babies and sharing birthing stories and miscarriage and all the things, you know. So it's not all gratuitous sex. There's plenty of that and it's fun to read. But there is, you know, all the human things that just make women women. And it's very, it's a unique journey for sure. But it's universal at the same time because we have so many of the similar experiences. They might not be exactly the same. But yeah, I'm just hoping to shed light on, on all of this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, oh my gosh, for sure. So it's called Rock Your Reinvention. And so the first thing I talk about is really getting rid of distractions, right? Like I, there were so many signs that were being sent to me, but I just didn't listen or want to listen or couldn't hear them because I had so many distractions in my life from social media to work. I mean, there was never, the TV would just be on in the background. I mean, I never had time to just sit there with my thoughts and really go, what what do I like about my life? What don't I like about my life? So that's number one. Um, number two is like through silver linings, right? So things are going to happen in your life that seem bad, but they end up being awesome. Like getting laid off for me in 2020, right? Yeah, that's actually how I got out of the golden handcuffs was a little push from the universe. It was like, sister, you're done here. We're, we're not doing this anymore. Um, so that was another one. And then uh, another one is like through synchronicities. So maybe that's like numbers or patterns or things that just keep popping up that don't mean anything else to anyone but you, but you know you can assign some sort of value to that. Um, the Yeah. The third one is people, right? So just like the people in your life who might be there to guide you or they're showing you who you don't want to be or where you don't want to go because they could be positive or negative signs sometimes. And then um, the fifth one is just through music. I get my downloads through music all the time. It's I so I listen to this is going to sound crazy too. I listen to a ton of Christian music like on the radio and I am not kidding like I God, the universe, how, whatever your higher power is, will just be like, yup, you need to hear this song right now. And I cannot tell you how many times I get in the car with one mindset thinking one thing and a song comes on and I'm like, all right, duly noted. Okay, fine. I hear you. <laughs> it's like mindset shift. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, because I didn't listen to the signs. I mean, that's a good question. But I would say so much of my corporate agony was because I wasn't listening to the signs, you know, like how many more times do I need to cry in a bathroom before I realize that this is not my jam? Well, like, you know, and it was so painful and it was agonizing and like the drinking, you know, like during the week, I just I mean, it was three glasses of wine a night. Monday through Sunday like I, there was no breaks and it was and I got silent acid reflux and it was like yeah I was diagnosed with that and it's been something that I've had to battle now I don't really know if it ever goes away um and it's been a challenge but it was like I didn't listen to the signs that like this drinking isn't helping you you've got to stop like it's not serving you and I'm not judging anyone who's drinking right I get it I've been there and if it's not bothering you then it's not a problem but for me it was a problem and I knew it but I just kept making excuses I kept justifying these things because it's the way that I'd always done life it's the way things had always been and change is scary Oh, yeah. No, right. Yes. And it has been really challenging the last few years as we, you know, my husband and I have both made a lot of big changes in our lives. And we have been around people who have not really changed. And that's fine. But we're like, ooh, like, is this working anymore? Like, is this friendship going? Any like, how 
it's really challenging and it breaks my heart because it's like, I love these people. They're my world and I don't want to let go of them or have rifts in the relationships. And at the same time, it's like, we just are simply not the same people anymore and things have changed. It's so, I, I feel for anyone who's going through this because I know how difficult it is. But again, it's like, what is best for me and my family and my life? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, my dad, right, always corporate. My mom would stay at home, actually. So that was always kind of like a little bit of a pull. Like, okay, I'm working. Like, and she would be like, don't you want to be home with the kids? And, and I'm like, I don't know if I do. And there was a time I really kind of didn't. You know, I really did enjoy feeling productive and being out of the house. And it wasn't until later that those a lot of those feelings of regret and remorse and like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on my children's lives really started to come up. And so I always tell people too, like just being present to those feelings and not judging yourself or making yourself feel good or feel bad about it, but just recognizing that it it just is. This is how you feel at this season of your life. And that's so okay. Um, but yeah, there was a ton of conditioning. I mean, I think my parents were proud that I wrote a book, but I think if they could have picked a content, it would have not been about my vagina. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I literally just called them and I go, I'm about to announce something on Facebook. And I'm like, I need to tell you about this first before you see it. So are you sitting down? And my mom was like, what the hell? Like, why? Okay. So she's like, yes, we're sitting down. I'm like, all right, am I on speaker? Is dad there too? And she's like, yep. I'm like, okay. I'm like, and then I just told him, I go, I am writing a book about my vagina. And she just died laughing, but it was that like nervous laugh. Like, why? What am I hearing? Make it go away. Like laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was like, they were, I mean, what are they going to do? I'm 42 years old. Like, 43 now but what are they gonna say you know like they recognize I'm an adult I'm gonna do what I want to do I think the biggest question was am I in the book and what do you say about me so <laughs> I was like no you're barely in it like it's very benign stuff as me as a child right like them you know like just sort of being in the background of things but yeah yeah Fault, right? They think it's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think so, I mean, I cannot tell you how many DMs I have gotten. So there is there is one chapter where I, and I thought about taking it out. I think it's like second or third chapter. It's like the first, yeah, it's chapter two. Twat was that. And it is, it is all about the first time I have a sensation down there, right? And I start to feel that like tingling, like, oh, what's going on between my legs? And I thought, and I'm like seven, maybe six, five, I don't even know. And I'm like, should I share this? This is kind of embarrassing. And I left it in. And I have gotten so many DMs about that chapter from women who are like, oh my gosh, I did the same thing. Or like, you know, my mom caught me rubbing my legs together and she told me nice girls don't do that. (laughs) Like, you know, different stories. And or the periods, like I share the first time I got my period and I've gotten so many DMs about how, you know, they're at a baseball game or a football game with friends and they don't have a parent there. They don't know where to get pads nobody else has had their period and they're just they think they're dying like I mean just amazing stories and it's like you know at the time these were all really traumatic experiences for us but now we can look back and laugh and realize like oh we really weren't alone there are so many other people who went through this exact same thing (laughs) yes Yeah. Well, this makes a super fun book club book too. And I actually have an e-guide on my website, the ins and outs of my vagina.com. And you can download the book guide. So if you do a book club, there's all these questions that you can have for discussion. And it's kind of like that. Like, how did you start your period? Or when did you first have sex? And stuff like that. So it's it's a super fun way to just have like more intimate and have fun. yes yeah yeah for sure like I think it's mixed you know what I'm saying there are there are environments where I think it is so much more open and acceptable and yet sometimes I feel like it's almost gone so far to the point where it's kind of hmm, I don't want to offend anybody but like it loses that element of like love and class for yourself where it just becomes like crass and it turns me off like it feels like woo we've gone we've gone one step too far for me um so there there's definitely a shift and in some ways i think it has gotten better where people are more willing to to have a book club about something like this and talk about it and um show up for each other in that way and i still think there are areas where it almost feels like it's taken a step back like if I post on LinkedIn like no one will like or comment or say anything about it because they're so afraid you know I've had a lot of men reach out to me and go I can't like this if I like something with the word vagina he's like I don't even know what's going to happen my company will fire me or like you know there's a lot of fear around it too And I think some of that maybe comes from the Me Too movement and which is, you know, an important movement that we need to be talking about. But I think now men also are in such a fear state, like they don't want to come across as harassing. 
so they are totally removing themselves from any of these conversations or situations. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I know. And men can sit there and talk about whatever. And we can watch Cialis commercial after Viagra commercial after whatever. Right. And their penis pumper juice that they sell on the radio or like whatever. But like as soon as a woman wants to talk about pleasure cream or enter a vibrator or anything for them it's suddenly like oh you're you're trash you're this you're you know all the opinions start flying and it's like but why why can't we all just have a great sexual experience like what why does that make me any certain way I don't know yeah Yes. And that's been actually one of the cool things about writing the book is just my boys. I have two boys. And so they really have gotten quite an education on all things, you know, periods and tampons. And um, I, I'm hoping that this also will start to like infiltrate the next generation so that, you know, when his girlfriend gets her period, he'll he won't be thinking twice about going into Walgreens and, you know, the drugstore and grabbing her some tampons or something or taking off his hoodie and throwing it around her waist and be like you know just give it back to me after you get cleaned up or whatever you know like just no big deal it won't be like a, oh she got her period gross you know <sighs> yes totally yep for sure. Yeah, I don't even know. There, and I don't want to misquote it, but I think there was something in India where like a girl, a 12-year-old girl was actually killed by her brother because she got her period and he thought she had had sex. Like he did not understand. He did not want their family to be shamed. And I remember reading that and being like, this can't be the world we live in. Like this, this is this like a spoof? I don't know. And I just was like, I have to turn off the news. Like I can't watch, like read this article right now. Um, so don't quote me on that. But I am pretty sure that that is fact. And I was like, wow, that is sad when young men really don't understand the difference between periods and like, I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, women are going to get it on a whole other level, right? Like, because you've lived it and you've had your experiences. But I've had a lot of men actually read the book and they have said how eye-opening it was and how funny it was. And they were just like, I had no idea. So whether you've got, you know, daughters that you need to raise and you want to kind of understand more about what they're going through or you just, you know, have your a girlfriend or wife of your own or someone that, you know, you're trying to make sure uh, is of the – female persuasion and has a clit and needs to get off like you're gonna learn a lot so definitely read the book 
Well, it's so funny because I was at uh, Barnes and Noble once and I was chatting with this guy and I was like, hey, you know, do you have a girlfriend or a wife? And he's like, I do. And I'm like, oh, look, you should get her this book. And he was like, I think we're good in that department. And I was like, okay, here we go. I promise you're not. I guarantee you're not as good as you think you are. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. I'm like, but that's the cockiness that has gotten so many women to be so dissatisfied in the bedroom because these guys are walking around thinking that they're, you know, God's gift to women. And we're like rolling our eyes bored. Like, ugh, again, same old move again. Okay, have an orgasm to months. Awesome. This is fun. And they just don't want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go through like your whole marriage being unsatisfied. And it's like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's interesting, and it hasn't really crossed over to that level. Like, I have, it's interesting because with my coaching process, a lot of times, a lot of the sexual energy and things gets taken out of it, and I don't know if that's just because I haven't thought about going there or my clients just haven't been open enough to discuss that, but I do think that our sexual energy drives a lot of confidence. Like I link it very heavily to confidence. And when I think that you are in your sexual energy and you're owning it, you're going to just show up differently, right? You're not afraid to ask that client to work with you. You're not afraid to give your sales pitch. You're not afraid to put that post out on social media that someone needs to hear in your audience. And when you're not in your sexual energy, right, when we're diminished as women, when we're constantly sitting with our legs crossed and we're like hiding our our bodies, um, then we don't put ourselves out there. We don't show up in the same way. So there's definitely a link, um, but I haven't actually done a lot of work with my clients on that, which is kind of interesting. So something I need to, I got to get a blog or a podcast episode on this. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some homework now. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. You can always go to KarenFreeland.com. It's K-A-R-I-N, KarenFreeland.com. And the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold digitally. And you can always follow me on Instagram at Karen Freeland, and that you're going to get all the good stuff. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
Thank you. And if anyone is interested, I do have a free e-guide called Six Secrets to Get Unstuck. So I'll make sure you have the link to that. So if anyone is in that place right now where you are feeling super stuck and you need a process to start working yourself out of that, I've got your back. KarenFreeland.com forward slash six hyphen secrets will give you the link, but that's a great way to just kind of like experience some of my stuff and have a process for working through it. Awesome. Thank you.